You're listening to Men of Abundance, episode 85, with Dawson Church. Welcome to Men of Abundance, the podcast for those looking to level up their lives by hanging out with some of the greatest leaders and established professionals in our community, living a life of integrity, honor, and the abundance mentality. Prepare to pay it forward with your host, former army medic turned lifestyle entrepreneur, Wally Carmichael. What is going on in your world, men of abundance? I am glad to be back. And today, uh, (laughs) we are going to definitely have a different conversation. If you have never heard of this subject before, I'm going to ask you to open your mind and pay very close attention. Because as I often say, you're here for a reason. You're here because you're looking for change in your life. You're looking to enhance your mindset. And, a hand, and, and further enhance your life and live a life of abundance. Well, there are many ways that you can do that. There's not one right way. And there's not one right way for any individual. And that's why I'm bringing you so many different men and women who are living a life of abundance in their own right. And I'm sharing those stories with you because I want to show you just how many ways, all the different vocations, all the different ways people make an income, all the different ways that people live their leisure life, and many, many different ways that people are providing value to other people. Because ultimately, that's what a fulfilling life is all about. Nobody can have a fulfilling life unless they're bringing value to somebody else. And I want you to be able to do that. But first, just like they say on the airplane, when the oxygen masks come down, you put yours on first, and then you help other people. So we got to get your mind straight. We got to enhance your mind along the way. So keep an open mind as we get into this conversation. And make sure you stick around to the very end because after the conversation, I'm going to share with you my takeaway from this conversation and what I feel you should be able to focus on. Before I introduce you to Dawson, I want to give you the opportunity to be abundant in your life today and ask you to leave us a rating and review on iTunes. And share this with other people. It's really very easy for you to do so. And it will only take you a second. Really. If you're on the website right now. At menofabundance.com forward slash 085. Just look right under the podcast player. Where this is playing at. And it says leave a review. You can click on that button. And leave a review right there. It is so appreciated for you to do that. Because that pushes us up in the rankings. In iTunes. Right now, when I search abundance in iTunes, I come up about fifth or sixth. That is super exciting because just a few months ago, Men of Abundance didn't show up at all when I typed abundance. I would have to type Men of Abundance for us to show up before. And that's because of those of you who have already left a rating and review and sharing Men of Abundance with everybody that you come in contact with. Really, that's all I'm asking, guys. And it's very simple for you to do. It doesn't cost you anything, but it means so much to this podcast, and it means a lot to me as well. I really appreciate your support in that. Now, let me share just a little bit about Dawson's background with you. Dawson Church, Ph.D., is an award-winning author whose best-selling book, The Genie in Your Genes, has been hailed by reviewers as a breakthrough in our understanding of the link between emotions and genetics. 
He founded the National Institute for Integrative Healthcare to study and implement promising evidence-based psychological and medical techniques. His groundbreaking research has been published in prestigious scientific journals. He is the editor of Energy Psychology, Theory, Research, and Treatment of Peer Review Professional Journal, a blogger for the Huffington Post, and reviewer for the APA's Mental Health Mobile Phone Application Review Database. Wow, that's a mouthful. Dawson shares how to apply the breakthroughs of energy psychology to health and athletic performance through EFT Universe, one of the largest alternative medicine sites on the web. Dawson, welcome to the show, man. Wally, it's a pleasure to be here, and thank you. So where are you at in the world? Northern California. I've been to California a couple of times, but only like Anaheim, Sacramento, San Francisco area. Yeah, and I'm north of there. Uh, Santa Rosa, California, where I live, is about an hour north of the Golden Gate Bridge. And so right smack in the middle of wine country. Wonderful, wonderful. That sounds nice. So before we get too much into the show, everybody knows I like to really get started with an attitude of gratitude. What do you have to be grateful for today, Dawson? Nothing, Wally. I have nothing to be grateful for. And and it happened this morning. I was in my office. I was laughing. I was having an amazing day. And one of my team members said, what are you so happy about? And I said, nothing. I just am. <laughs> Why do I need a reason to be happy? <laughs> so I, I, I'm just so grateful that we can be happy about nothing. We can be happy when there's absolutely nothing to trigger it. We, we get, after, after we practice gratitude and happiness enough, we enter a state in which it's, it's normal. It's our default setting. And we just are happy, not because anything's happening or not happening, but it's just because it's our our, our, our default setting in our minds, in our nervous systems, in our hormones, and in our attitudes. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, that's, that's why I'm, uh, I'm grateful for nothing. And I love it. And, and I'll tell you guys, listening to Dawson talk already, you can already tell that this is going to be a different show. And this is something different that I've never, you know, the EFT and the tapping and some of the other stuff we're going to talk about here, I'm intrigued about. I don't know a whole lot about it, but I'm always so curious about various vocations and various things that people do to be happy and to not be, you know, no, for no reason at all as well as Dawson just said. And you can find more about Dawson before we get too much into it. I want to direct you and you can find more about this at DawsonGift.com. And I know Dawson's going to share some information about what you can find over there in the middle of this show as well. So, I gave a little bit about your bio. It's mostly your professional stuff, the things that you've done, and, and amazing, just absolutely amazing stuff. But I like to get a little bit more personal here on Men of Abundance and get a little bit deeper. So if you could, tell us a little bit more about yourself, fill in the gaps, and let's get a little bit personal. I think that a lot of what we do is an outgrowth of who we are. And when I look at what I've done, it's very much been driven by my values and my priorities. And so for many, many years, I was a book publisher. And I, was in, in, I lived in New York for most of that time. I was very involved in editing books. I was inter- interested in, in really advancing ideas that I thought would help people. And so I'd been in book publishing for more than 30 years. And I began to be exposed more and more to energy therapies, energy medicine, energy psychology, and I began to realize that these therapies were a quantum leap over what we had now already. 
in medicine and psychology. I saw people have miraculous cures, miraculous discover, uh, recoveries, even from severe diseases. And so I crossed over some kind of invisible threshold, Wally, from being an observer to an advocate. I said, I need to shape my life in a way that gets these therapies, not just to a few people, but to millions of people. So I retrained myself as a researcher. I began to pull together research teams from universities, academic institutions, and then learn to spearhead research. I, l I learned to fund research. And so at this point, in the methods that I pioneered, we have over 100 studies published in peer-reviewed psychology and medical journals showing that they work. And they, not that they, that they, just, did, that they just, just work, but that they are uh, order of magnitude in terms of their efficacy greater than older methods. And, and psychology and medicine have been steadily advancing for centuries, but we're now at the threshold where many kinds of conditions that have plagued and made people suffer, like anxiety, depression, PTSD, phobias, pain, many of those conditions are, uh, we, can, we can cure them, we are able to, if not cure them, at least drastically reduce their impact on people, and so I've shaped my my work. I have a non-profit, and also I have a for-profit, and all of that has just come out of this burning desire to see people heal, and especially to prevent suffering that's unnecessary. I mean, some suffering is, you know, we, we can't escape, but most of what ails people in terms of mental or physical limitations and blocks, most of it is removable, and when you when you release those blocks, suddenly human potential flourishes. So my, my work is simply the external manifestation of that exciting quest for, for human wholeness. I absolutely love it. I really do. And I'm real big on, I, we talk about it quite often on the show, in fact, I've been in the medical field for a very long time. And I don't have a negative regard towards the medical field, but most Western medicine is all about just giving drugs and really just putting a Band-Aid on things. And it just doesn't last that long. It, it, it really doesn't fix the problem. But I am also a big proponent on the psychological side of it because I myself, while not trained in any particular technique or whatever, when I feel myself getting sick, when I feel something ill coming along, I just tell myself, I use my brain, I just tell myself, look, you're not going to get sick, you're going to overcome this, don't worry about it, and I get it out of my mind, just, you know, I just tell myself that long enough to get it out of my mind. How does what you're doing relates to, kind, kind of relates to that? Well, what you're describing is <clears throat> is a shift in mental focus, and so you focus on wellness, you refocus your mind on the positive, and that's extremely powerful. Techniques like affirmation, affirming you're well, visualization, seeing yourself well are very powerful. What I have been researching is adding things to those proven methods, and what we add is shifting the way the body is and shifting the body's response. So we use various techniques. We use breathing techniques, we use acupressure, we use muscular relaxation, and we layer that into that affirmation and visualization process. What happens when you add in these, these physical kinds of shifts is very interesting. When you shift your body in these ways, it tells the body that whatever you're experiencing right now, whatever upset you're experiencing, whatever pain you're experiencing, whatever dislocation you're experiencing, that those things aren't a threat to your survival. 
And when you use acupressure, when you use breathing, when in, in any kind of a, of a tangible way you reassure your body that it's safe, then affirmations and visualizations have much more impact. So we train people to move themselves out of fight or flight when they're confronted with you know, we, I, we, uh, my nonprofit now we've worked with over 18,000 veterans and their family members people have PTSD and in six sessions we're able to bring them from having high levels of flashbacks nightmares intrusive thoughts all of these symptoms often which they've had for many many years we bring them to a state of inner peace in a, in a calm but what they have to do as well as the mental work is the physical work and it involves telling the body that it's safe and that these things that, are, that you're thinking about, the memory of just one, one example, which I've worked with two guys recently who were at the Battle of Fallujah in 2004, so veterans with high levels of PTSD, and training them with these physical techniques to realize that the Battle of Fallujah was 12 years ago, you're safe now, and that's really, really powerful if you let that information filter through to the level of the body, then all of the mental work you're doing really has traction. So that's that's how it works. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up about the uh, PTSD and the Fallujah because I was going to ask you about that, but you answered my question right there. You addressed that because in my circles, there are quite a few guys with PTSD, and I've been fortunate enough to not have that issue Um but it's very real to those individuals that it it affects on a regular basis. And the breakthrough on that, to be able to have that treatment available, how widely accepted is it? It has gone over the last 10 years from being not only unaccepted, not accepted, but being actively opposed. Uh, Just yesterday, actually, I was talking to a hospital administrator of the VA hospital in San Diego and we're making plans to implement it in that, that hospital but 10 years ago it was uh, really actively opposed and trying to get any kind of new therapy into the VA was, was, was really hard. Now people are more flexible also the evidence is just so strong how can you argue against studies that show for example that it lowers the levels of stress hormones like cortisol. You can't argue with studies that that now show that it changes the expression of key genes in our bodies. So, um, yeah, when we had the the proposition, say, 30, 40 years ago that meditation makes you feel good, meditation seemed like something that was otherworldly, esoteric. It wasn't tangible. Now that we can show that it regulates key genes, that it regulates your hormones, that it regulates your autonomic nervous system, now we're showing with with those kinds of proofs people are much more willing to to believe it so it's it's gone from being not accepted to being accepted and i have to say that even though that's happening it's happening way too slow for me if if i were king of the world for a day (laughs) I'd, i'd implement the stuff but have a much more rapid developmental cycle now in medicine a u.s government research report showed that it takes an average of 17 years to implement a new therapy in medical treatment and that 80% of effective new treatments are never implemented ever only 20% are so that would be like you know if I if I, if I were to make a an, an analogy a comparison with technology if I were to give you a cell phone and say Wally here's a here's a cell phone for you it's 17 years old and it's 80% disabled 
you know, it's like, how excited would you be? That, 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 that would be terrible. But in medicine, we accept 20% of 17-year-old medicine. That's really how, how, what we get when we go to the hospital. And so that's the real frustration for me is that in technology, sure, we have this rapid cycling of new advances. In medicine, it is mired in antiquated systems that keep many people suffering unnecessarily. So, yeah, there is change, but it takes a long time to implement and is usually entrenched opposition to any kind of new techniques. Yeah, that's extremely frustrating. Very frustrating because, um, you know, I'll, I'll tell you, normally at this part of the show, I'd want to get into your kick in the gut moment. But I'm, I'm really intrigued with this because, for instance, in the military, uh, one of the things that we know works well is chiropractor. Uh, just to visit a chiropractor. And recently, in more recent years, as you already mentioned, acupressure, acupuncture. Yes. And these practices still today, even though, perfect example, my wife had some, and this is personal, my wife had some tingling in her hands and and stuff like this. She had some issues and she was feeling this tingling in her hands while I was listening to a, a a radio commercial one morning. And this chiropractor was talking about doing adjustments, spinal adjustments. And he named some symptoms that people suffer from. And I said, goodness, everything he just mentioned basically is what my wife's going through. So we went and paid for a chiropractor to give her an adjustment. And immediately, immediately the symptoms went away. And I'm like, why Mm. is it so hard for the medical system to see this for what it is and to include it in insurance and to include it into the military system. And then I, I have the same thing with some friends of mine that are paying on this on their own to have acupressure done and, and acupuncture done. And it's helping them with their pains and, and whatnot. It just doesn't make sense that if there's so much proof out there, it's not being widely used and, and accepted. It's a system that actually makes innovation hard. It isn't just indifferent to innovation, it actually puts many obstacles in the way of innovation. If uh, acupuncture is a good example, if you go on the Wikipedia page, you'll find that in the very first paragraph that the skeptics who run Wikipedia have a, uh, a statement there saying that it's irrational, that, that it, it, it never can be rational, it's pseudoscience, same thing, energy medicine, energy psychology, all of these methods, the skeptics who are in charge of the committees that run Wikipedia, not only insert the word pseudoscience in the entries for homeopathy, acupuncture, all of these kinds of traditional healing methods, but they also, what they call, they call lock those pages, so no scientist can change them, no medical advances can be added to them, and they have them frozen in time based on their own prejudices. And so, yeah, it's, it's just astonishing how when it comes to our, you know, our, our, our smartphones, we want the latest ga- gadgets. When it comes to our bodies and suffering, we're willing to accept stuff that's old, outdated, and causes us to suffer unnecessarily. Now, the military has taken the lead, actually, in terms of acupuncture. So even though you can't get reimbursement under Medicare for acupuncture yet, you sure can if you are going to a VA hospital. You can get through, through TRICARE. You can now get, in many places, you can get re- reimbursed uh, acupuncture and reimbursed chiropractic. So the VA actually is, I've got to say, uh, after having not been a shining example in the last decade of innovation, is now open to uh, new advances. And in fact, I've been 
feeding inf information to a to a committee that's part of the VA in Washington, D.C., where we're helping them put together a list of approved new therapies that will be part of the VA's system. And um, the VA, I think, because of its, its past failures, is now waking up to the fact that warriors and veterans need this, they're asking for it, they're finding it effective, and we can't, you know, if you want to know what, what really, really gets me in the gut, um, when, we're, when we are denying care that somebody with PTSD is asking for when they're asking for acupuncture or acupressure, when they're asking for techniques like EMDR or EFT, successful psychotherapy techniques, and, and they're not getting it, and their families are being impacted. I mean, the, you know, the, the rates of suicide, the rates of addiction, the rates of family violence, the rates of, um, of joblessness among veterans are way higher than the average population. When we're telling those guys, no, you can't have that, that makes my blood boil. I know we, we got a letter from the Secretary of Veterans Affairs a few years back in my office, and we, I was testifying for Congress at that time to, to, before the House Veterans Affairs Committee to try and bring these therapies into the VA. And we were absolutely blocked by the then Secretary of Veterans Affairs, Eric Shinseki. He absolutely blocked us. And we got this long, elaborate letter back from him. And um, one of my colleagues read this long, long, long letter and said, well, what does this letter mean? And I said, in short, that letter means he's saying these therapies will not get into the VA. These therapies will get into the VA over my dead body. And that's what it meant. We never, we couldn't get them in. And that to me is an absolute outrage. And so um, I don't get, you know, really mad about a lot of things. I get mad perhaps twice a year about something. But that was, that was my twice a year because uh, that, you know, really, these people are suffering. It's the mission of the VA to help them. And so anything that stands in the way of that mission, I think, needs to needs to go. Just has to go. Right, especially if it's proven that it works. Because, and you're correct. There is a gentleman that I know who's one of my peers retired, and he does get acupuncture on a regular basis. That is paid for through the VA. Yet another active duty guy who actually just today uh, signed his retirement paperwork. Uh, he actually flew, they flew him from Japan to here because there was a doctor here that does some specific training that is, or not training, some specific type of acupuncture, or it's not acupuncture, it's a puncture where they put needles basically back into his spine. It's supposed to fix some of his pain. And he said that since it's an experimental process, an army doctor is doing it, but he had to pay for his own leave and he had to pay for his, he basically wasn't paid, nothing was paid for for him to come over here to get it done. It was obviously done by the army doctor, so he didn't pay for the procedure, but he couldn't, he had to pay his way over here because it was still an experimental process, which I think is a breakthrough actually. I think is a, is a good, kind of a good news story while he had to pay to get over here in his hotel and whatnot. Um, at least it's getting into the system and they're, considering it so i would think if the army's doing it obviously it should eventually get into the va if it is working i'll tell you another another way that's shortening the developmental cycle is that we now have tools uh we have older tools uh, eegs are now a century old eegs were discovered about a century ago by a doctor called hans berger and um, so we now can look into the brain with an EEG and see, based on the brain waves of a person, if a therapy is being effective in real time. We also have functional MRIs that do the same thing 
on a much more elaborate basis. And then we have neurotechnology called a magnetoencephalograph, MEG, MEG. And with MEGs, we have the ability to really look at fine gradations of how the brain is responding. So we can literally give someone a therapy. We can sit, sit them in a chair, put the, uh, a non-invasive cap on their head with electrodes that are measuring their brainwave activity. And in real time, as we treat them, we see what is going on in their brain. So I think these technologies are going to rapidly accelerate the uh, evolution of new therapies. They'll also personalize new therapies because just because, you know, for example, I uh, trained the staff at a program called the Warrior Combat Reset Program at Fort Hood. And we, we were training them, them in EFT, one of the acupressure techniques I'm talking about. But EFT isn't going to be perfect for everybody. EMDR, another technique, is really confrontive and isn't perfect for everybody. So you need to d just identify what works for each individual person. And with an MEG or an EEG, you can actually do that. So you can put one person in that chair and give them those tests and tell exactly how their brain is responding. So we're at the verge of a whole new era in personalized medicine. And I think that these are going to make a lot of the barriers to innovation go away. That makes sense, and I can see that. And with that being said, even with that proof that is there from the EEG in real time uh, while they're going through the procedure, yet it's still not being accepted and even blocked in many cases. I can't help but think that that has something to do, this is just my mind speaking the way I think, that it has something to do with the um, the pharmaceutical companies and the buy-in that they have from that. What are your thoughts on that? Have you looked into that at all and, and found any relationship to that? Well, there's certainly a huge financial incentive, but I think it's... Um I don't think there's a conspiracy there. I think it's just that we as a culture tend to think magically about pills. So we get a prescription and the placebo effect, of course. If you look at the studies on the placebo effect, for example, for antidepressants, the, the, the antidepressants looked at in meta-analyses have an effect of maybe 26%. Uh, placebos have an effect of maybe 22%. So what we find in those studies is that almost all of the effects of antidepressants are due to placebo. And I think that we as a, as a culture, we as a society, simply have this magical thinking that a pill is going to fix us. And so I, I actually don't think the drug companies are, I mean, they certainly have a huge financial incentive to keep, to keep, keep drugging us up and to keep on feeding people pills through the VA and through the DOD. And, and the numbers, if you look at the numbers, I mean, I've, I've written about this in, in the Huffington Post, uh, the numbers are staggering. The, the Army spends more, the, the, combined, the VA and the DOD spend more on prescription drugs than they do on tanks, on artillery pieces, on ammunition. <laughs> <laughs> mm. on jets. <laughs> they spend more on prescriptions than all of this gear. I mean, it's just it's just crazy. But I think that a lot of this is just, just driven by this belief that we get a drug, we get a pill, and that's going to fix us. And I think that we, as a society, need to have a radical mind change and realize, hey, I'm empowered. I, if I change my thinking, one of the, the cool things, too, is you hook someone up to an EEG, and they change their thinking, they change their consciousness, they visualize like you were doing earlier, and then you see literally their EEGs changing. I'm, I'm measuring cortisol, the main stress hormone, and in a study I haven't published yet, we're showing that in just a few 
days of retraining yourself, your cortisol level drops by a half. So we're producing these radical changes in people's bodies, and they can feel that. So when they when they realize, when we realize the power we have to change our own internal biochemistry, to change our own neurology, using our consciousness, using simple techniques like the ones I'm describing, then I think that we'll empower ourselves and we'll realize that, sure, if I break my leg, I need to go to the emergency room. If I have a massive bacterial infection, I need allopathic medicine. So we'll use allopathic medicine for what it's best at and then use self-empowerment and natural medicine for the vast majority, especially of stress-related disorders, which you don't need a pill. You just need to de-stress yourself. So I think things are shifting. I think that um, it's not really discernible in the numbers yet in terms of the drug company sales, but I think we're going to be going through that kind of a shift in the next generation. Very good points. I'm glad you said that, and you said quite a bit there. I'd like to start out and point out that I speak a lot to the military, and when you're talking to the military, you want to talk about, and when you want to talk about making changes, you start talking about money. And when you mentioned the how much is spent on pills, on medications, my my immediate thought process goes to what I know is active duty military is generally healthier than the general population, but the retired populace of the military is less healthy than the general population. Yes. That's so right. that's where I'm thinking, and that's there's a lot more retired people than are on active duty. Retired, not just retired, um, veterans. So I'm, I'm assuming that's where a lot of that money is going, and if those individuals can get into something that is going to take them off the meds and is going to save a lot of money, then that's one way to go. The other thing that I want to point out is is kind of comical, really, when you think about it, with the pushback, because if we know the stats on the placebo, which is basically your brain telling you that this pill that is basically nothing more than, you know, some, some you know, sugar, salt, whatever the case may be, it's not anything that's really going to fix anything. Your mind is just telling you, since I'm taking this pill, I'm going to get better. Then that's your mind taking over without you really even realizing what's happening. Yet, we still have the pushback on it, even though we know that the mind does do these things for our body, and to our body for that matter. Yeah, and in fact, for many medications, the major effect is due to the placebo. So why don't engage that to your advantage? Well, you know, I, I for example, I take some pills every day, vitamins and, and nutrients and so on, and I just, as I'm, as I'm taking those pills, I'm just having this little mental affirmation that this is helping my body. Is that really changing the pill? Probably not. Is it shifting my own belief system? Definitely. Mm -hmm. And when you boost what you're doing with belief, one one study, for example, recently showed that men who exercise, um, when they exercise and they believe that the exercise is doing them good and that they have a sense of joy in the exercise, positive emotion around the exercise, that they have enhanced results from the exercise compared to guys who are just there doing the exercise in a routine way. So belief is tremendously powerful. There are many stories in my book, The Genie in Your Genes, about people who just believed that they would get better, and they got better. Sometimes when when doctors said they couldn't, we have stories on our website even 
are people who had serious diseases, cancer, fibromyalgia, autoimmune diseases, and they just believe. They had the strong belief. They did the acupressure. They did the meditation. They took responsibility for their own well-being. And there are these miracle stories of people who, who, who broke through. One woman, for example, had, had stage 4 terminal cancer, and she was given, she was diagnosed in February, and she was given six months to live. And so she knew she'd be dead by November, and she just said, you know, she, was, she worked, worked in a hospital, and she, she said, I, I, I sure know I do not want to rip my body apart through surgery, poison it through chemotherapy, cut it all up, and, you know, go through that, that, that horrible experience. So I'm not going to have any treatment. I'm just going to go home, have as good a quality of life as I can. I'm going to die in peace. And when she went home, she then began to visualize. She began to do EFT. Which is, which is the acupressure technique, EFT is the acupressure technique. Um, she began to do all these things and she wanted to really heal her past. So she was, she was remembering all the bad stuff, all the bad people, all the bad things she'd done, bad things done to her. And she did that acupressure exercise on absolutely everything she could imagine. And after, in November of that same year, she went to see her doctor and they looked at her and they said, where all of those cancerous nodes were all over your body, they're just gone. There's just scar tissue there. There's no sign of cancer at all. And we, we have, so, we, we, I have over 5,000 stories like that on my website of people who had, who had, who had major depressive disorder, who had uh, lifetime phobias, who had PTSD. Many, many veterans have written in and told us their stories. And um, it's amazing the power of our minds, our bodies to heal when we take responsibility and do these simple techniques is is absolutely awesome. So that's really what I you know what, why I'm so mission driven is I I see the, this this the, these healing stories and I think I want every single person in the world to have access to this. I absolutely love listening to those stories I, and I've I've read and heard of so many stories just like that. Uh, basically, one lady said that the number one thing that she did actually her husband brought this up was that we're just going to laugh we are just going to do everything we have to do every single day play with the grandkids watch movies whatever it is but we are going to spend much of our time just laughing and having fun and the same thing same stories come out of that absolutely amazing so EFT how does that relate to I heard you mention tapping and I've heard of this before I was the first time I heard of it actually a doctor friend of mine his wife was telling me about it he rolled his eyes and walked away and she said he does not <laughs> right and and she said he does not like when I talk about this and I'll be quite frank with you when she was telling me about it I was like wacko this is, is just not I'm not resonating with it I'm not getting it and, and but I'm open I keep an open mind I really do then it was several months later I actually heard it uh um uh, Somebody who who teaches tapping was doing it on a podcast, and I literally went through it with her with on the podcast. It wasn't video; it was just audio. So she was explaining where, you know, give the whole preface and stuff. Then I recently heard of it again, and now here you are. Uh, I was in, you know, I was introduced to you. Uh, Jennifer contacted me and said that her husband listens to my podcast, and thought that you would be a great um, connection to the show so I want to I'm open I want to hear more about it 
Yeah, and Jennifer's husband actually uh, has a men's group and also has a men's group podcast of his own. And I, I have a men's group as well, so he and I were sharing about our men's group, and that's how this whole uh, this whole thing came to be. So tapping or EFT is the full name is emotional freedom techniques. And it's called tapping because what you do is rather than using acupuncture needles to stick in your body, you just tap with your fingertips on acupuncture points and the research has shown that it's really effective. So what you do is you tap with your fingers on seven acupuncture points and the tapping rapidly reduces your degree of emotional triggering. In three studies done at Harvard Medical School, the researchers inserted acupuncture needles at various points while people were thinking about fearful memories. So people having like a flashback to combat or being raped or being assaulted. So. They had people thinking about these things and they received acupuncture while they were having those memories of those terrible, terrible events. And they looked at the part of the brain that handles emotion. It's called the limbic system. It's in the middle of the brain, often called the midbrain. And what they found was that when people thought about the bad stuff that had happened in their past, their limbic brain, their emotional brain became highly active. So nothing bad is happening right now. But thinking about something bad that happened back then your emotional brain reacts like crazy. So in an fMRI, your emotional midbrain is highly active. But what happens when you use acupuncture or acupressure is that midbrain just calms way down. So then people remember the bad thing and now they're calm, they're realizing, oh, you know, that happened 45 years ago, that happened 12 years ago, I'm safe now, that's then, now is now, that's the past, that's, that's way back in the past, now is in the present and it brings them out of the past into the present and the cool thing is when you break the association between remembering the bad thing and the body going into, into fight or flight when you break it through acupuncture or acupressure you break it one time Wally and the amazing thing is that it stays broken we've done several clinical trials with veterans and we measure their levels of PTSD when they come into our program their levels of PTSD are high. They have flashbacks, they have intrusive thoughts, they have hypervigilance, they have nightmares, and after just, usually after three EFT sessions, they've dropped way down in terms of their symptoms. After six EFT sessions, six is the magic number for PTSD, they are free of those clinical levels of PTSD. Now, are their lives perfect? No. They still have, you know, they still have uh, disputes with their neighbors, and they still may have trouble with their, in their families. They may have all the same challenges all of the rest of us have, but they now have a sense of peace. They no, no, are no longer going into fight or flight, and they have a much better quality of life and as we do long-term studies, when we measure their levels of PTSD after six months later, a year later, we find that they're still fine. So it's, it's wonderful that when you break that association between remembering the bad thing that happened to you in the past and going into fight or flight, and you break that association one time through EFT, that association stays broken forever. That's why I teach EFT. I, I do many workshops every year. I've written a book called the EFT Manual. And through that link you gave earlier in the podcast, people can get a free copy of the EFT Mini Manual. They can tap for themselves within a few minutes. And they'll just feel shifts in their bodies. And they'll realize that that link between remembering the bad stuff and going into fight or flight is getting broken. And once it's broken, it stays broken forever. Amazing. I dig it. And one of the things that I also learned and I had heard through the tapping and through EFT that really kind of caught my attention was 
uh, for people who have a negative connotation on negative background as it pertains to bringing happiness and abundance and money into their life even. And to do this tapping with positive affirmations or even bringing up what the issue is. Uh, for instance, I was listening to one that said, I used to believe or I was told my whole life that money is the root of all evil and people who have money are not good people or whatever. I'm ready to get rid of that type of thing. So bringing this back to abundance, how could we use some of this mindset stuff, EFT, tapping in living a life of abundance? That's a good question. And so many of us, when we say I have an affirmation, and the affirmation might be something like, I am abundant, uh, money flows to me easily. There are various affirmations you can have that can use like that. Um, we believe it consciously, and we don't believe it subconsciously. And in my EFT workshops, I have a exercise I take people through called the tail enders exercise. And the tail enders are what's on the tail end of that affirmation. So you say something like, there's plenty of money for everyone or money flows to me easily, or unexpected money comes to me. These are all affirmations we use in those workshops. And people have tail-enders, little subconscious arguments against their success, like, not, I don't <laughs> think so. Right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so those are the actual affirmation. They're, that's the real affirmation. That's what they really believe. So what we do with EFT is we go and we, we find the emotional impact of those. And usually they were generated by somebody early in your life. There was somebody early in your childhood who gave you that negative affirmation. And even though you've been trying to do positive affirmations, they don't stick. They don't you want congruent, to use the term from NLP, you want congruent around those affirmations because there are parts of you that are arguing against your success, against your abundance. So we find those. We get into this detective work with EFT. We find those and we tap those down. Once you tap them away, then when you say things like, I deserve a life of abundance, I deserve wealth, I deserve money to flow to me easily, whatever your, your affirmation might be, then you're congruent, your whole body, your whole psyche is behind that statement. You no longer have parts of your psyche zipping off and saying, I don't think so, that's true for other people, it's not true for me, whatever it might be. All of those objections are dissolved and then you have the full power of your intention behind your positive affirmations. And when you do that, you know, people have, I used to I teach a workshop called Tapping Money Miracles and it's, it's remarkable how when people tap, they have breakthroughs. We had one guy who was uh, trading stocks and he was moderately successful as a stock trader. Once he learned EFT, and he was no longer driven by his emotions, he was able to make much more successful trades. Uh, my wife was really um, reluctant to trade individual stocks. She just would hand over her portfolio to a, a, a money manager, and there it sat year after year doing nothing. Then after she gained confidence, she tapped away her fears, she began to manage her, manage her money actively and was able to really make, make it productive. So um, when you learn to approach money as money without those fears, without that overlay of subconscious objections, without all of those messages from your childhood that are often really dysfunctional, it's just money and it's just abundance. It's something you approach logically, rationally, and with joy. It no longer has this big emotional charge behind it because you've tapped it all away. So that's the way you use EFT in those fields. Very cool. Very cool. Thanks for breaking that down for us. So we're at the point in the show where we're going to pay it forward. Are you ready to do that, Dawson? Absolutely. 
Always. Wonderful. And you've already shared so much amazing information. And I'm looking forward to getting into your book and, and further into your website because I was intrigued uh, on that last episode that I listened to as I was telling you on the podcast. It, it, it opened up my mind about it. And then here talking to you, it just further opens up my mind. So I'm really looking forward to get into it. But give our abundant leaders one to three actionable steps that they can take today. What I do, and I'll, I'll combine this with my own personal routine. So, I want to tell you really clearly and unequivocally, without any kind of qualification, you need to meditate. You need to meditate because meditation produces shifts in your body, in your health, and your mind that are long lasting. But you need to meditate in your body. You need to have, make meditation an embodied practice. It does you very little good to be off in your mind, off in the abstract. You need a, a meditation practice that's physiologically based. So it's essential you take time each day, even if it's only 10 minutes, to tune in and meditate. And through that, that link, Dawson Gift, you're going to get a really, really brief but physical meditation technique that's going to enable you to meditate easily the very very first time you try it. In fact, we had, we had one, um, one uh, guy who was discharged in 2006, and he had severe PTSD. I think he'd had seven deployments. I mean, the guy had been deployed so many times. He had severe PTSD, and um, he tried everything to get over his PTSD. He went to Japan and spent months in a Zen monastery learning to meditate there, but he slept flashbacks, slept nightmares, slept super high levels of PTSD. He stumbled across the website that I'm giving you now, and he just sat down and tried the simple meditation technique that I have on that, on that site, and immediately he was deep, immediately he was centered, and he found the kind of peace he'd been had eluded him with all his previous seeking. So you need to meditate and it needs to be in your body. The second thing you need is you need to learn to tap so that when you're stressed, when you're upset, when you're triggered by somebody in your life, you aren't coming out of that sense of stress. You need to be able to come from you, your altruistic side, your loving side, your wise side. You don't need to be in reptilian fight or flight. And to do that, you need tapping. And if you just try tapping once or twice, you'll very very quickly see how different you feel and how effective it is for you. So you need something that's going to calm you down when, when you're triggered. Do those two things, and your life will change. You know, Wally, my, when I began to do this about, I was about 45 years old, within just a few months, my business changed, my money changed, my relationships changed, my health changed. It produces radical shifts in your life, and it doesn't take years for them to show up. They happen quickly, but you have to do that every day. Spend 10, 20 minutes, meditate, use an effective body-based meditation, tap whenever you get upset, and then you quit suffering. You're just not suffering. You're not stressed out. You aren't being, you, you are, your emotions aren't being grabbed by all the negative things that happen all around you. You have peace. You have joy. And then you begin to express your, your full human potential. So that's really what my, my, uh, my passionate desire is for our listeners today. Wonderful. Yeah, we're definitely going to check that out. Uh, and again, thanks for sharing that that website dawsonsgift.com because when people say meditate well the first question that comes to my mind and i know many other men 
okay, what exactly is that? How? What does that look like? So, Men of Abundance, definitely go check out DawsonsGift.com and uh, see what he means by that. So, other than The Genie in Your Genes, uh, which I love the title of that, that book, what other books book would you recommend to our abundant leaders and why? Well, I've written nine books. Many of them are about EFT. There's EFT for weight, weight loss, EFT for back pain, EFT for PTSD. Um, those books show you how to apply EFT for those conditions. Also, at that website, it's, it's Dawson Singular, DawsonGift.com. Okay. So DawsonGift.com, there's also the EFT mini manual, which gives you the instructions. And then I would also read things that inspire you. In the morning, I read selections from A Course in Miracles. I may read, um, there's a wonderful book of sacred poetry called God Makes the Rivers to Flow. I'm reading a book now on, on writings of the Christian mystics. You don't have to be a Christian to, to appreciate uh, the, the elevated states, but find people who are in elevated states, read their writings, and use that as a way of bringing yourself into those states. And just imagine your life. I mean, imagine your life forking from now on. There are two roads diverging. One is you keep on doing the same stuff you've done. You keep on reacting to other people. You keep on thinking negative thoughts you've had before. And where does that life take you? And I can t tell you that life takes you to a, f a faster grave and a sicker end. Um, the difference in life expectancy between optimists and pessimists is, again, the, the, the studies vary, but it's about eight years. Okay, so, so just correcting your attitude every day, setting yourself up to be loving, be compassionate, be altruistic, is going to add years to your life and healthy years as well. Uh, we're looking at the biology of our, of, our, of our shifts, and when we shift our biology in these ways, then it is really supporting our health. So I would read things that inspire you. I also want to say I, I think that most of TV, and certainly the TV news, is something you should avoid mm -hmm. like the bubonic plague. One hundred percent. Absolutely agree. I, I wonder if I can say that more strongly. Um, so uh, you wouldn't want to go to a plague ward, and that, that, that basically, basically, most TV is at the plague ward. So I mean, I try to try watching TV series sometimes. It's like after one or two episodes, I'm thinking, why fill my mind with this stuff? So mm -hmm. I turn it off. I, I I look at YouTube. I look at inspiring videos. I go from inspiring video to inspiring video. Look at things that bring you to an elevate, elevated level. Bring your thinking, bring your energy to an elevated level every day through media, through music, and let go of those things. Let go of the people. If there are toxic people in your life, you are under absolutely no obligation to hang out with them. Let go of those people. Give yourself, respect yourself enough to give yourself a life of beauty, a life of inspiration, a life of wisdom. Find those people. Join the clubs where they hang out. Find the associations where they are. Look at the online groups. Find the 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 the, uh, the Facebook groups. Find the meetup groups where they are. Model your life. Model your psyche on those people who are able to give you those 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 elevated states. And then practice staying in them. You will fail over and over and over again as you as you strive for a more elevated state. But every with every failure, pick yourself up, do it again. And after a while, you start to change. Tap away your stress, meditate, and you get more and more successful like any mm -hmm. skill improves with practice. And after a while, Wally, you find your whole life's changed. You look back after five, ten years, and you think, my goodness, uh, who, who is that person I was back then? You, you, won't, you won't believe how much you can change. Your suffering will go away. Your life will improve. You will be empowered. You will be inspired. 
And why why wait till tomorrow to do that? I mean, do that right now. Take action because if you if you wait till next year or next month or some other time when it, when life will, will be better, that time never happens. Take action. You can read an inspirational book today. You can watch a, an inspiring YouTube video today. You can you can have that that positive thought today. And as you as you really give yourself this this ecology, this environment of wisdom, love, altruism, passion, then your life opens up and you, you become, you, you are shaping your life in a whole different way. So I, I just uh, think, why suffer? Why not shift? And why not start shifting immediately? And uh, that's really, again, why I do what I do and do these things because uh, we can change radically and make our lives dramatically better. You are 100% speaking my language. The only thing I will add to that is men, listen to what you tell yourself. You're already... So, I mean, when I tell people talk to yourself and talk to yourself and use these positive affirmations, they look at me cross-eyed. And I'm like, you know what? You're already talking to yourself. You just don't even realize it. You're telling yourself, <laughs> I can't do that or, I, you know, I can't lift this. I can't do this last rep. Or, you know, I, I just don't read fast enough, so I don't read books. Well, you can listen to audio. You know, and you're already telling yourself these things. Change the language. Change the way you talk to yourself because you're already doing it. Just do exactly what Dawson just explained. And I'm telling you, you will see rapid change. And we're here for change. Most of you are here listening to this right now because you want change in your life. Don't resist that which is new. Embrace it. At least give it a try and see where it takes you. Dawson, I have one last question for you, and that is, what does living a life of abundance mean to you? It means feeling abundant, and it's an emotional state. It's not a number. Mm. There was a really uh, good quote I wrote down in my journal recently, and I'm trying to remember who, um, who said these words because I don't like to quote people without attributing their wisdom to them. And uh, it may come to me in a moment, but um, this this guy was a uh, a money guy. I think he was a hedge fund manager. And what he said was that once you have enough money to put a roof over your head and a f- and food on your table, and that state will continue for many many years, maybe the rest of your life. He said, money, how much money you have, is just a story. It, the, you know whether it's million dollars or hundred million dollars, whether you're whether you, whether you whether you have a hundred thousand dollar business or a hundred million dollar business, money is just a story. If once you have the ability to take care of your basic physical needs, and so what is true abundance and feeling abundant, feeling as though my life is absolutely full of rich wealth. That's the crucial thing. It has nothing to do with the dollar amount. Now again. If, if you're living, shivering in a hut, then yeah, you need a certain level of financial wealth to subsist. And so you need to, you know, if your focus changes then. But is that true for most of us? It isn't true for anyone listening to, the, to this podcast. It's not true hardly for anybody living in the northern half of the entire world, okay? So really, the thing to do is just to cultivate that inner feeling of, I am so blessed. There is so much to be grateful for. When I start to count my blessings, I can't even begin to think how many there are. So filling your whole energy field with that sense of abundance, then, you know, it doesn't matter 
the, the, the money is just a number. The, the number can go up, the number can go down, and it has no emotional impact, whatever. What has emotional impact is that I'm alive, I can, I can feel, I can love, I have people in my life, I have my body to support me, I have, I have this, 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 this ability to shift my circumstances. That is real abundance, and the money is just a number, and I think we, we often spend way too much attention focusing on that when the real abundance is how we feel, how rich we feel inside. Absolutely. I absolutely love that answer, and I agree with you 100%. I've never um, attributed abundance to a dollar figure, and so many people do, uh, but the fact of the matter is not. It just is not. So thank you for sharing that. I appreciate that. So we are going to close this up, and before I let you go, we've already got one way to contact you, which is at Dawson Gift. That's singular, <laughs> DawsonGift.com. Yes. Any other way that we can get in touch with you, or is everything right there? Everything's right there. Perfect. And we will have that linked up and all the books and everything else that we talked about linked up in the show notes at menofabundance.com. Just search Dawson in the search bar. This episode will pop right up. And Dawson, I truly appreciate your time. I look forward to talking with you more about this and getting into more of your material that you have at DawsonGift.com. Wally, it's a joy, and thank you so much for your vision and your passion for sharing this with men. I love your heart. I love the way you're doing it. Thank you so much. I feel privileged to be part of your community. Thank you. Oh, thank you for that. I appreciate it. Have a good day. All right, guys, what did you think about that? Seriously, I'd love to hear your thoughts. Either leave them down below. If you're on the website, leave them down below in the comments, or this is going to be posted in our private Facebook page, and you can go over there and leave comments as well. I definitely want to hear what your comments are on this subject because I know it's still very controversial to many of you and some of you may have already shut us off. <laughs> Probably aren't even listening to this right now. But those of you who are, my takeaway on this is look, we still do not understand all of the ways of the universe. And in my opinion, those who think that they have it all figured out and completely dismiss any new technology, any new ideas are either arrogant or ignorant or both my question to you is has what you've been doing up to this point worked for you and all we're trying to do here at men of abundance is enhance your mindset you can't enhance your mindset with a closed mind so i would encourage you to at least consider the possibilities of the techniques and strategies mentioned by dr church here in our conversation today again i look forward to reading your comments on either on the facebook page or at menofabundance.com forward slash 085. Now, go out and live your life of abundance and make sure to pay it forward. That's all for today, Abundance Leaders. For more about our guests and the powerful information we shared with you today, be sure to sign up for our mailing list at menofabundance.com. We appreciate your time and look forward to hanging out with you on our next episode. So until then, be sure to pay it forward and live your life of abundance.